I believe uh, OpenAI has massive potential because it does not only, in my opinion, apply for business. It goes in all aspects of our life. So it's a little bit different when sometimes you have transformative developments which are just focusing on business or just focusing on social or personal things. But this, for me, goes across the board. Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Minds Machine and the Great Innocent. Thanks for tuning in to our geeky podcast to discuss the fascinating field of AI and machine learning, corporate craziness, passion for technology, and the role of humans. We are Uli and Avery, your hosts for this episode. And today's genius mind joins us virtually from sunny California. He's a leader who values empathy, champions sustainability, and is passionate about technology. He prioritizes customer satisfaction and constantly strives to provide exceptional customer experiences. With his entire team, he's on a mission to turn everyday spaces into extraordinary places. I'm talking about none other than the CEO at Enlighted, Stefan Schwab. So get ready to learn more about how Enlighted has changed the game and disrupted the office work experience by revolutionizing the way how smart buildings and people interact. We're excited and hope you are too. So let's kick off this episode right now. Stefan, good morning. It's fantastic to have you on the show. How are you? Oh, you need to you need to you need to take a deep breath on that loop of the lie, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Thanks, Abri, and uh, thanks, Oli, for the very warm welcome. And um, yeah, it's it's amazing <laughs> listening to that, uh, to the Lopu Delay, as Uli said. Um, yeah, great to be here and looking forward to our chat. Yeah, and I, say, I would say let's start off with something to get to know you a little better. So maybe in brief, uh, who are you, what do you do, and what first sparked your interest in the field of AI? Yeah, so who am I? Um, yeah, besides that, I have uh, the pleasure to lead Enlighted here in California. I, I'm with Siemens now for 17 years. Uh, family, father, I have three kids. Interesting, uh, all three kids born on different continents, which makes it always challenging when you have to go for new passports. Um, I can I can tell you that. Um, and um, today, um, yeah, with, the leading, with, with leading Enlighted, I also spend time I'm outside the company uh, playing hockey with my son and also playing tennis uh, by myself. Um, and uh, yeah, very, again, I'm very, very interested in, in the AI topic. I'm interested in sustainability and how we can help our customers to achieve uh, their targets. And uh, the most pressing point, I think, for society or the most pressing uh, challenge to overcome is actually the topic of how can we reduce um, our carbon footprint and uh, leave the world in a better place that um, it is actually uh, looking to be uh, to going today i have to say you are somehow in the in the in the centerpiece you know and one of the centerpieces i guess of, of ai and technology and innovation and drive and speed and aspiration right california us uh, and and and, and uh, you know the, the different companies driving you know innovation in the space what is What is AI for you? What is, what is, you know, we are a bit of called human and AI, so it's a bit of the interfaces on, on leveraging technology around machine learning aspects. What is AI for you personally and how do you see the, the connection to it? 
So personally today it's kind of a playing field for me because I'm uh, I'm trying it out myself as we are exploring it also a little bit in the company. How uh, can we make use of AI and how does it help us to become more productive? I think productivity is one thing I see today. But again, as I said, I also play uh, with it myself and um, just looking looking at my kids going to school. I mean, now, nowadays they, they're starting to get exposed to, to AI already in school. Uh, when I remember my school time, I mean, uh, we even didn't have an iPad or a laptop. Uh, they get now two laptops and uh, talk about coding um, AI already uh, already in school, uh, in primary school. So this is pretty pretty amazing. And coming back, Aubrey, to what you said before, when, I, when did I get exposed to AI for the first time? And um, I think it ties nicely back to what Uli said. I'm in the centerpiece of it. So coming here um, to the US in 2018, uh, when Siemens acquired uh, the two companies, uh, which I'm responsible for now, um, I early got exposed only with first with our technology because actually um, it it wasn't OpenAI or ChatGPT what are the buzzwords today. It was mainly about our algorithm for location intelligence, so for real time location um, uh, tracking, uh, where actually we use algorithm and we use machine learning that uh, that our system gets smarter. Um, that's what was the first time I looked at or I uh, looked over the shoulder of our engineers and I could see. Uh, what machine learning here can do for us. Then secondly, when I look at, uh, I mean, um, Enlighted also, uh, Comfy is also part of Enlighted. When I look at Comfy, um, they also reuse machine learning. And for there, for example, um, when you book or you reserve a desk, um, the system starts to learn what desks and what area in terms of temperature, in terms of airflow, in terms of noise level you prefer and makes them recommendation when you go even to other offices, not the same office again, where would be a nice place for you um, to spend the day because actually you preferred it in another office. And now last but not least, uh, the big push now, as I said before, with uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT. And um, there's, a, there, there's a lot of uh, buzz here, in not only, I think, in, in Silicon Valley, where I'm based, so around the world. Um, and also when our biggest customer are the Fortune 100 customers and Microsoft, for example, is, is one of them. Um, and um, again, just um, dealing with uh, with uh, them as a customer, you also get exposed to um, to, to OpenAI um, these days. Yeah, and we're certainly in very exciting times currently. Uh, so a lot is happening around AI. But maybe uh, if we take a step back, you just started to mention a little bit or to touch upon what Enlighted does, what Comfy does. So maybe we can dive in a little bit deeper in there first. So can you maybe tell us a little bit about the purpose of Enlighted, maybe especially for the audience out there who might not really have heard about it yet? Why does the world actually need Enlighted? What's, what's the impact you're making? You said it nicely at the opening, and I have always the same trouble when I say turning ordinary places into um, extraordinary spaces. So we, we have an easier term as well for that because <laughs> I struggle. I struggle as well. So actually, um, our our technology, um, or we call ourselves um, a human centric prop tech company. But then, what is actually behind that? We focus with our technology, with our IoT infrastructure on the one side, where we create real time data, and also by controlling the lights, reducing the energy consumption significantly and on the other side an application which helps um, humans or users to maneuver through um, a place and again uh, mainly it's the workplace and most of you I think know Comfy because Siemens is one of the, big, the biggest users of Comfy and we focus actually where this technology comes together and this is actually where people space and work meets mm -hmm. that's the focus of our technology and we improve 
actually at that intersection we have, we improve the experience for our customers for the users of the space and then totally in the end and also for for the environment in general when we talk about sustainability to the point and you just mentioned experience so i also guess that the world is becoming more and more about creating impressive and maybe also individualized experiences like there's such a big overload of impressions all the time and if you create those lasting experiences this is what really sticks with the people so what does the concept of workplace experience actually mean to you and why has it become so crucial so for me, um, experience is is an important word because today, and I think the pandemic accelerated that, uh, what we have seen is when you want to have employees back into the office, I think there are two ways you can make it mandatory as we see that many customers are doing it and employees don't like it at the first place. But what we also see after a certain period of time, it also helps them to organize now uh, their lives in a different way. So if they have kind of certainty that they have to be in the office on Tuesday and Thursday, that's just an example. Um, the, after a couple of months, um, the um, happiness of employees or satisfaction goes up again. And then you have the other side where companies are completely open and say, look, I leave it to my managers, to my employees, how they organize themselves. But everybody believes that there is there are certain activities mm -hmm. which are more productive, more effective, and also, I would say, more joyful to do it in person in the office. And for that, you have to create an experience at the workplace. It's not in the past anymore that you provide a desk and you provide power for your laptop. It's about an experience. And we did extensive research over the last 12 months. And what we, what we heard from our customers today, but also from industry leaders in the workplace experience um, arena is that people come back to the office because of people. And they don't come back because there is a free pizza or uh, there's a happy hour afterwards. This works once. But this is not a lasting experience. A lasting experience is if you have a great day of collaboration in the office with people, and we always say you want to hang around your friends kind of thing, mm. when you have the opportunity to hang around your friends. So workplace experience then, to first to, to create that experience, you also have to take away, in our opinion or in my opinion, the cognitive load of employees to make a decision when is the best day and time to come into the office if you have no mandate to be in the office. But also for customers today who mandated their employees back, they reduced their real estate footprint significantly. So as it was pre-COVID, like one employee per desk or one desk per employee. So nowadays you see ratios of sometimes we are even 2.5 desks, 2.5 employees per desk. And there you need then also something you have to give employees at hand to be able to maneuver through this new way of comp how companies um, con construct or design their, their workplace to create a, a positive experience. So that's the reason why I believe this is very significant workplace experience. Um, and COVID was an accelerator or the pandemic was an accelerator in general to rethink how we want to see the office and what is actually, what, what is the office for? What is the office good for? Because for one-on-ones uh, on the screen day long, the office is not the best place to be. And why should you make the journey into the office? Why can't you do this from somewhere else? doesn't have to be home office. You can, I think, you can choose wherever you want to do it. And that's the reason why this is so important for us. Yeah, that's the hard part, actually. Can you can you share a bit uh, 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 behind the technology footprint of the smart uh, platform, right? The building platform. How does it work? Um, you know, is there what's what's the bit of the tech stack? You know, and maybe also what's the 
the different components, maybe also machine learning or the data-driven components or AI components that are in there where you say, like, you know, this is our footprint as a tech company, as you are. I mean, you, you said also one interesting thing, which is also what I see sometimes very controversial is the word platform. Because there mm. are many people out there who believe there only can be one platform, there cannot be two platforms, um, and mm. so on. So using this word sometimes also leads to a controversial discussion, which doesn't add, in my opinion, um, a lot of value in general. So um, if we call ourselves a platform, an application, I actually don't mind because important is mm. what's the benefit for the customer and how does it help. Um, I started at the end of, what, of, your, of your question where you said, uh, how is this data-driven? So the, the beauty also of the enlightened part, which is the physical sensor, which can go into the ceiling, can go under a desk in terms of uh, it's, it's passive infrared, there's no camera. Um, got this asked also a lot of times, uh, a sensor under the desk, what does this mean? I mean, passive infrared, no camera, um, and also um, all in line with all security requirements, if in Europe, if in the US or wherever. And sometimes mm -hmm. even clients have higher have even higher standards than um, what just the governing body is providing there. Um, mm -hmm. And when we combine the data of a physical sensor and the data of if someone interacts with the space, that is very powerful for clients because I give you a real life example. You can go to the office, um, and I visited recently a big uh, a big customer in the UK, and they have deployed it across across the board. So one of our our biggest clients with a very high um, usage of the application. So you book a mm. desk, but sometimes what happens, and you, you might know that you go into an office, but you don't show up at your desk because you bump into someone else at the coffee corner and you spend half an hour there. Mm. Um, and someone else is looking for a desk, but there's none available, especially for companies with a high um, or with a low desk per employee ratio. Mm -hmm. um, where you need to provide actually that, or you have to release these desks. And then the sensor with the data can actually figure out if, if, if the booked desk gets actually occupied or not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it happens even that this person uh, who booked the desk never shows up during the whole day because after this uh, discussion, goes somewhere else, meets someone else there, goes in a meeting there, and then maybe leaves early, not as planned because something else came up. And this is very powerful if you can back up uh, the booking data, for example, with real data, if somebody then uses uh, the booked space or not. And this also helps you in terms of sustainability, because then you can also say, um, why actually would you heat this part? Let's take now a meeting room. You book the meeting room, but you never show up um, mm. in this meeting room. Why would you heat? Why would you or cool mm. in summer? Or why would you have high ventilation? Why would you turn on the lights? Why would you turn on automatically AV, AV if you know nobody shows up? So you can link this directly back to other systems and you can save a lot of energy. That's the sustainability part yeah. um, of, of the company mm -hmm. as well. Interesting. How far how far is this actually going to the so can you trace me down and say like yeah I forecast always Uli is coming always late anyway, right? He's not showing up anyway. Is that somehow personalized as well? Or is that, you know, uh, more generic aspects in terms of, you know, information? What kind of bit of can you share a bit of the data processing itself, what needs to be is happening? So we don't we don't process personal data. But mm -hmm. in the end, technology in general is, is able to do that. There's mm -hmm. no doubt. Um, mm -hmm. But what we could do actually, um, in, in the end, you could actually create a pattern, as you just mentioned before, uh, mm -hmm. that someone um, is, is coming late. And again, you have other countries where um, employers and employees have an agreement that uh, for the purpose of sustainability, for the purpose of good off in-office experience, they are allowed 
um, to to have this kind of data and that you then actually with this pattern you can exactly do what what, what you said before so um, that you first of all always recommend if you come in Tuesday Thursday you get always recommended the same area or the same desk because we know you like it because you also have the option in an application to rate your experience after a day in the office where you say, hey, this was a great spot, this was a bad spot, why was it a bad spot, too noisy, too cold, too hot, and so on. And um, actually, the, the data is there. The correlation of the data, we have the opportunity in our company to do this between uh, the enlightened infrastructure and the comfy application, but you can expand that further further so um, we have customers where we then feedback um, or like Siemens uh, we do together um, together with Siemens BMS we also correlate the data and we feed this back into the Seagull CC so that you have this HVAC um, control as well where you can reduce energy consumption significantly and these are the these are the benefits so overall I also believe and I always say that that we with the technology available today and if we would deploy this technology at scale with our customers, we wouldn't be having the discussion around the 1.5 degrees uh, warming topic and so on, because technology could solve many of these of these problems. The challenge is it's not deployed at scale. Mm -hmm. It's deployed. Some There are some buildings, and in the past they were called smart buildings. I don't like this term anymore because this is around for many years and there are not many real smart buildings. Mm. Uh, in my opinion, um, but unfortunately, we have not deployed this technology at scale, and that's the reason why we are facing this massive challenge. And as you know, buildings uh, buildings contribute to forty percent of global CO two emissions, and then uh, the operations itself of a building another twenty seven percent out of this um, out of this um, hundred percent of a building, which is forty percent of the overall CO two, and so on. And lighting mm. is a major, and that's also the reason why lighted started with the lights. Lighting is a major contribution contributor in the building and why I always say and uh, we use it here in the office and when I'm sitting here now I just look outside there's nobody sitting there we have also the challenge that people are not coming back to the office um, and we have no mandate at this point but this it's dark out there because there's nobody mm. there mm. for me even in this office this light because we do daylight harvesting is is much um, with much lower energy because I get a lot of daylight in here compared to this one which is closer to the to the office itself Mm -hmm. And these are these are the beautiful things. And then when you see this deployed at a customer, and you see the massive uh, savings in energy and uh, the reduction in CO two footprint, that's the beauty. And again, you can expand that because we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of uh, non personal data around this, and you can feed this into other systems and make much more much more use of it and uh, increase your your savings. share a bit of the experience what happened during COVID but in, because you need to be overrun because everybody suddenly is you know uh, everybody's fleeing right no New York City empty I guess Frisco the same or Palo Alto whatever right everybody's away then suddenly you know everybody's cautious about you know distancing social distancing you know then people starting getting back even sometimes companies are pulling back that needs to be you know that has some need to have some impact and demand you know and and changes maybe also in your product strategy was you know stuff something like social distancing always you know a, a portfolio element i don't know how to cope with it right i'd call it but it's you know now it's an application some, somehow right can you share what were your strategic you know thoughts about 
you know, adding value here to the, you know, significant pandemic as the world, uh, you know, was conf conf confronted with. Yeah, I mean, a good point. So first of all, we were pretty, um, so we, we had a pretty bad start, I have to say, with COVID, because as I just explained before, our technology focus on where people, space and work meet. And with the beginning mm -hmm. of COVID, there was no meeting point of people, space and work anymore. So mm -hmm. um, empty offices uh, didn't help us at all. When it then all started uh, to come back a little bit, exactly the topic, we called it always physical distancing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, our existing customers were asking because we always had the promise of an of this open platform, of this uh, flexible platform that you can build on top. Because again, mm -hmm. the use cases we have today are not the use cases we will have tomorrow because they are just growing and customers come up with new ideas. So they mm -hmm. ask us actually, can you help us with the system? Because you claimed you can do real-time location services, which is similar to that you can figure out where are objects um, in a certain area. And this is mainly US because again, uh, with data privacy, it's a little bit more, more it's a little bit different in Europe. But in the U.S., customers were asking, can you help us actually to send an alert if an employee gets too close? And in the U.S., it was sorry, it was six feet, um, the, the distance, I think, six feet it was, and one, one, one meter fifty in, in Europe. Okay. And um, can you actually help me to figure out with your system and send an alert then to both employees if they get too close to each other for too long? And I think it was 10 minutes. So you could have been close enough in 10 minutes at the beginning. And we said, yes, we can do that because uh, we have Bluetooth radius. So everything what uh, talks Bluetooth can be connected to the sensors. And the sensors actually, because we have this high density through the light fixtures, with mm -hmm. the high density, we can really um, get very close to this uh, ten, uh, to the six feet and the time is no issue. So we actually offered this then to our customers who wanted to have it. There were just a few because not everybody was back in the office of our clients during that time. But the ones who had our system installed, this was actually easy to deploy and very quickly. So we developed that uh, that new use case in seven weeks because there was not much to do. And that's the beauty and customer saw and the flexibility of an open IoT platform, what we called ourselves always. And, due to, and uh, unfortunately, we needed the pandemic to be able to showcase that what, what the platform can do. And uh, I mean, for Comfy, the, the whole value proposition changed. Because uh, Comfy, when Comfy started as a workplace experience application, it was about temperature control. It was about real estate managers complaining that they get 3,000 phone calls every day from employees that one person is too hot, the other one is too cold, the other one is too hot, the other one is too cold. So uh, the company solved the problem with a simple application where you said it's too hot, it's too cold, and you actually democratized temperature control um, with the employees because you gave the power there to the employees with the application mm -hmm. and everybody was able and satis satisfied um, when they could push the button and they felt better. Parts of it, I think, is also a psychological thing that maybe because mm -hmm. if, if you get 50 too hot and 50 too cold buttons, the temperature doesn't change because it levels it out. <laughs> Nevertheless, I think in your head, it makes a huge difference. Uh, and this was also gone because nobody was in the office. So for, for Comfy, we thought about, okay, what does actually the workplace look we thought already post-COVID. Mm. And post-COVID, we thought it's flexible working. It's uh, a high uh, employee per desk ratio. So you need to provide um, booking capabilities. You also don't want to maybe touch any things anymore in the office. So can you actually make a touchless office that when you come with your, with your phone, you have a barcode, you get, you get in the building, automatically it calls the elevator because it knows that you 
are working for this company. It's on the 17th floor. So the elevator comes down, takes you to the 17th floor, things like that. So mm. the whole value prop for, for Comfy changed. For Enlighted, it was to build on the existing platform additional use cases on top. Mm. And I, I give you one, one, one hint, which is always mind-blowing for me. During that time in this workplace experience market, you have 208 companies around the world who show some revenue. And these 208 companies in the year 2021 collected from private equity and venture capital 106 billion US dollars to invest. And I think this shows, first of all, what happened during COVID because many, many companies had the idea, let's do it. What is needed now is a massive consolidation in this market. Mm -hmm. Um in the end, and also, unfortunately, with, with real turmoil here in, in the banking, uh, in the Silicon Valley Bank uh, and others as well, you also see that some companies are running out of funding. So you will see consolidation, but also some of these are going out of business, which is not good for them. But overall, when you have such many players in this market and the market is small today, but it's growing mm -hmm. fast, I think it's also needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that certainly shows the demand and it shows like the big potential that's in there. And what you also mentioned earlier about the democratization of temperature, like it's so important, like it's actually such a small thing on the one hand, but on the other hand, like if people don't um, have that or if you can't create that well-being in the office, it has a big impact on my performance in the end if I don't feel comfortable in my space, for instance. So it's like, It's already starting there. And then with COVID, um, it just showed like even more what potential it has. And um, today where we are is like going more and more towards also the like saving on carbon, uh, on CO2 emissions and um, yeah, using it in a way to um, move towards a more sustainable future. And that was also what you mentioned earlier about like the massive impact buildings currently have with regards to that and then on the other hand like with the massive potential that there could be on saving co2 emissions and um, what i would be curious uh, is like to know if you also have some real world examples of maybe how much co2 maybe companies some of your customers maybe save through enlightened um, would you have some figures there like or could you share that yeah i mean it um CO2 is, is a good one because uh, energy or, or dollars or euros, it always depends on also the energy prices and this uh, differs from uh, country to country or continent to continent a lot. I, get, I give you uh, three examples. Um, let me start with one. Last year, we um, had this heat wave in California and one of our biggest clients, downtown San Francisco, uh, they have a big, uh, big tower um, there and use a lot of floors of it. They called us because we are the provider for the IoT network there with our sensors. And they said, look, what we did, we asked all our employees to come back to the office on that two days or on this one specific day because uh, the grid was overloaded in California and they had um, uh, regular sh shutdowns because the demand was too high if everybody turns on air conditioning at home. So they asked their employees to come back to be a good citizen and, and, and help them. Um, and they also then um, called us a little bit later because they said, maybe it's not enough. Maybe you can help us by dialing in into your... IoT system and you control the lights, can you actually dim the lights even further that we save an additional energy which takes away uh, load from the grid downtown um, San Francisco? And we actually did that. And in hindsight, what uh, we heard from this company, because they published it, we saved actually the amount of energy 21 family homes in California would normally 
uh, consume per year. And that's actually, I mean, we just talk a couple of floors. We just talk for this one specific day, but that's actually what you can do. You dial in remotely, you do, um, you, you, you can actually help them and, and support them and being a good uh, corporate citizen for them. That was very important for them um, for the grid. Secondly, when we talk about significant savings, I mean, we have a customer in the UK, which is a council uh, close to London where we are deployed um, in all of their facilities. So there's a pool, there's a gymnasium, there's every kind of thing, so multi-purpose uh, facility there. And um, I had the, the pleasure last year to visit them. And after one year, they showed me that um, compared to previous um, energy consumption, they are only using 6% of what they used before. So we talk about 94% savings. And uh, it then always depends what's coming from the intelligent sensor and what's coming from a light fixture, which how we combine it, it always is a, it, it's easier to do an LED upgrade because our sensor mm. is, is um, already in the fixture when it comes on site. Um, and recently I went uh, in Germany to a customer, a big life science company, um, somewhere between Düsseldorf and Cologne. Um, and um, there I, I heard the same number. Um, 94% savings, and there actually uh, research showed 60% is coming from the sensor, due to how we um, how we automate the lights and how we do daylight harvesting, and 40% is coming from an an upgrade from old from old um, lighting system to new lighting systems, and that's just this standalone. And now when you have, we have to think about how powerful this gets if you feed this back to other systems who also consume energy, because with mm -hmm. real time occupancy data you can do so much more with other systems. And you can really significantly reduce the energy consumption. And coming back to what I said before, we wouldn't be in a troubling position as we are now if we are able to deploy solutions like that at scale and build correlations between different data sets and even then use AI that things can be automated in a faster way. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty, pretty amazing, pretty astonishing. Didn't thought on, you know, that, such a, a small you know small dimming of lights in in fresco you know has this this significance it's amazing um it sees but it sees already the scale then right uh, in terms of deployment and, exactly and, it, it makes yeah. a massive difference and just uh, one, one more popped into my head because i can actually name uh, our customer which is university of birmingham where we together with siemens um the eps business to do a large deployment. And um, I think it's it's available on LinkedIn, what we do there. I also recently had the chance to go back again because we almost finished now um, um, the project there. Um, and um, the, the savings I've seen and the customer was presenting it to me. And the customer, I mean, when you can see sparkling eyes in the customer because he sees the impact the system makes. And here, it's not about that we control the lights. For him, it was important to see real-time occupancy data um, mm. of their rooms because he always gets complaints is we need more rooms, we need more rooms um, because every, everything is occupied. And in the past, you had to have uh, real real humans walking through that and figuring out is someone sitting there, how many are sitting there, this room is for 10, there are only two sitting. Now with uh, the IoT network um, we have there, we can actually see, and again, not personalized data, I just need to know is there one person, five, pers uh, five people or 10 people in this room and this already mm. makes a difference. And that in real time, that automated, that documented, so now they can actually show, no, we have enough space. It's just that the space, how we allocate it today, is not smart. Mm. And yeah. and uh, yeah, again, very powerful when a client shows you shows you the data, visualizes it, 
um, and, and shows you also the savings he already achieves and the project is just about to finish. So this is still in uh, execution phase and they already have significant, significant savings. Yeah, that's awesome. If we now look a bit in the future, right, um, what, what do you see, you know, what is the most exciting technology stack arising or where you see, you know, currently, you know, maybe, I don't know, is that still GPT-like, you know, interfaces or is it something this and this is synthetic data? Is it, you know, robotics? Is, is there a certain kinds of AI or machine learning trends, you know, that you are closely watching and you think or maybe of interest also adopt, adoption rate for Enlighted? Yes, I think what we are looking at for Enlighted, what we are looking at actually what what can be automated um, through through machine learning because it increases productivity and helps you then also to scale. And I think there are many things. And I mentioned at the beginning, um, OpenAI, uh, the biggest investor, is also uh, a big a big client and partner of ours. So we're actually close to it, and we can then sometimes get a little bit of a sneak preview and see what's coming um, mm -hmm. because it will also impact us because Microsoft. Uh, With uh, with teams is actually uh, very deep in, in 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 company processes. Look, look look mm -hmm. at us. Look look at look at Siemens. Look at others. We use uh, we use uh, the Microsoft uh, suite there, and um, I think they they will be able to do amazing things um, with OpenAI, which then might even spread further beyond what they are actually are able to do today. So they will will even uh, be able, I think, to cover more. So that's something I I definitely would watch closely. And um, I think I said it uh, early when, when we chatted a little bit, I believe uh, OpenAI has massive potential because it does not only, in my opinion, apply for business, it goes in all aspects of our life. So it's a little bit different when sometimes you have transformative um, developments which are just focusing on business or just focusing um, on, 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 on social or personal things. But this, for me, goes across the board. So I think this will, this will stay around for a long time. This will change many things. Um, yes, we are. I mean, we are trying it in the way. Actually, um, it's nice that also Siemens put out a guidance: what you can do, what you can't do. So this helps definitely. So we are trying it as well. And um, I mean, one simple thing comes to mind: can you can you uh, have a chatbot, for example, which is powered by uh, by AI? You can it already today, but can you use ChatGPT? Can you make it smarter? How can it learn and so on? Things like that. I also think mm -hmm. about when we commission our things. Can we actually mm -hmm. use it for commissioning and actually uh, scale our commissioning or reduce our commissioning time percent so significantly? And then mm -hmm. when it comes to to uh, to um, real-time location services, as I said before as well, we tried already um, a little bit. Um, and uh, we try things, for example, having drones flying through um, to the space uh, and measuring the space and figuring out where to place our sensors, things like that. Is this possible? Because this would help significantly to reduce the time we spend on design, for example. What we also tried is actually we used uh, these cleaning robots. So using mm -hmm. the cleaning robots who, who go through a space and they actually help us to uh, measure the space, but they also help us, could help us to actually activate the sensor uh, or to put it in the right spot because we, we use a, a laser pointer today, for example, to uh, point the, uh, to activate the sensor, but then also point it um, in, the, in the design on the map um, on the right position. So things like that. And I believe um, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of potential. And as you said as well, this uh, will impact uh, firstly um, white collar uh, jobs in terms of productivity, which is a little bit different to what we have seen in the transformative things in the past, I believe. Yeah. Because yeah. normally it was more on the 
on the on on, on the blue collar side where we saw uh, productivity increases but this now we will definitely see um on on the white collar worker side uh, where we see productivity increases and it's also i mean it's also challenging we talk a lot about how do we as humans um approach ai because it also um I think can be dangerous uh, today you see with a lot of misinformation what what can you trust anymore what what is right do you have to double triple check now um and the, uh, these things I, I believe we need need to overcome also to create trust in this technology mm-hmm. uh, because it will definitely come in my opinion so it will be it, it, it will be impact our life the question is how do we approach it mm-hmm. yeah for sure and i also strongly believe that the question or the topic of trust will be um, essential for the future, especially like with all the, these rising technologies that we see. And then on the other hand, with like the deep face or like, yeah, it's so much harder today to differentiate what's, what's real, what's fake, what can I trust and what I, can I not trust. Um, but like, yeah, I'm also very excited to see how this will um, advance and develop in the future. And speaking of future, and you've already um, shared some ideas and some visions of um, what could be there. Um, but now specifically for the smart building industry, how do you see it evolving in the maybe in the near near to far future? And where does Enlightened um, fit in there? I always I always tell, tell our employees because I believe it Enlightened is at the core. Um, together also with Siemens. I think we are very well placed. Um, uh, building X is a huge, uh, huge step forward um, for for Siemens um, for in, in, in the building space, uh, which will really help us. Um, and we will help each other because we, this is beneficial. This is complementary. It's again all about data, which um, will be very powerful for our um, for our customers. Um, and um, what I see happening actually is we have to make these deployments easier. So um, in the past, it was always a big hurdle to have IoT projects um, implemented at a customer side. It was too complex. Customer didn't understand it um, and so on. We also have to be aware mm-hmm. is that we have many stakeholders on the customer side. So in the past, we maybe spoke to corporate real estate. Now, through the pandemic, we talked to uh, corporate real estate. We talk to people in the organization. We talk to the CFO. Um, and sometimes we talk then to the CEO. Then we talk to the sustainability officer. And everybody has a say in that. So it also got more complex to realize these projects. That's also the reason that I say in parallel, we need to make it easier mm-hmm. when it comes to implementation, uh, that we don't have these big hurdles, what, what we have today. Mm-hmm. Then openness is a big thing in the industry. Openness, I think everybody defines it a little bit different. And when you look after, under the hood, you can actually uh, make your own judgment how open is uh, the system. Uh, Uh, from someone who claims in the market they are completely open and how willing are they also from a mindset point of view how willing are they actually uh, to to open up and to create this ecosystem we're all talking about to make the best possible outcome for customers because it's about customer in my opinion about customer experience Mm -hmm. and um, coming back to what I said before many a lot of technology out there not only from us from others as well if we would combine that we would be we would make a huge step towards um, towards uh, more sustainability uh, compared to what what we see today. So that's what I see. And actually, coming back to the the, the figures, I mean, the figures um, speak for themselves. When you have the built environment contributing that much um, to to CO two, and um, yeah, again, also when I come to make it easier to deploy this project, I also have have hope in AI that they can help us to make it easier because normally automation makes it easier, makes it faster. 
Um, these are the things uh, which I believe for this decade is very important, maybe even beyond this decade. We have to see now, after now this turmoil in the industry with um, what's going on around the world, how quickly companies are able to focus again on initiatives like that. Because unfortunately as well, what, um, what we see when times get tough, projects like sustainability projects are the one of the first ones who are on hold. And as much I, I understand that from a short-term perspective, I think mid and long-term it will it, it will hurt. And uh, we have to figure out if things settle again mm -hmm. and if, if customers have their head then in, in the spot of, hey, what do we need to do with our build environment around sustainability? What do we need to do uh, around workplace experience? That's a little bit easier these days because, um, again, Many companies uh, have their employees back in the office um, and so on. And um, yeah, so that's, that's the trends I see. That's the things I believe we need to, we need to keep an eye on. And then um, also adapting, uh, pivoting many times. I mean, uh, pivoting, uh, we have done so many times because the things around us are changing um, so often and so fast. And sometimes then I get, uh, I get blamed and I get asked, hey, you changed strategy again. I say, no, I'm not changing strategy. The problem is I need to adapt because this market out there is changing. And uh, if I don't pivot, we are not existing anymore or we lose mm -hmm. our competitive edge out there. And maybe that's a segment already in a bit of in the future. So you, you have been in a race for quite some time, also with this crazy organization called Siemens, right? So <laughs> if you, you know, if you reflect a bit, you know, to, to the younger Stefan, let's say, right, what kind of, you know, uh, tips, uh, you know, advice would you give, you know, young folks, you know, trying to dare to make a difference in the world, right? Is there some some learnings you would, you know, one, two, three tips that you give give yourself or other folks out there? Uh, sure. I mean, um, I always use the phrase, um, everything will be good, will be fine in the end. If it's not fine, it's not the end. So I think there's still, an, <laughs> and we spoke about that before as well. I think there's many challenges there, but every challenge also provides an opportunity. And um, again, um, we, we are always able to make changes and um, also behind me I have if you want to make a change have a look at your face and make the change so actually it's up to us uh, to make a change to make an impact and so on what I see very important these days as a, um, not, not as a value as a um, characteristic uh, sorry um, for the noise um, characteristic is resilience mm -hmm. resilience and empathy are very important because mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody, I would say, likes change, but it's always up to how do you deal with this change? How do you approach it? And it comes back to what I said before. Do you see it as an opportunity or you, do, do you see it as a threat? Stefan, that was good advice for sure. Thanks so much for sharing that. And we are already at the end and I'm thinking if that's like fine or not fine. I'm not sure about that. Maybe we should also have a follow-up at some point um, because, um, yeah, thanks so much for sharing all of that and I think you certainly made the point that like changes always are there but you have to um, see it from different perspectives and it can certainly be an opportunity like in your case when you seized COVID actually to and made the best out of that so um, I'm curious to see what the future will bring for Enlighted and I will fo follow that for sure and since we're at the end of this session 
and we uh, would like to play our final game with you. It's called Authentic Autocomplete. And for hashtag the trademark, hashtag <laughs> trademark. And for yeah. the closing, I would like to give you a couple of sentence starters and I would like you to finish them. Stefan, are you ready for the final challenge before the next meeting? I I can tell you afterwards if I was ready, but yeah. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Let's see it as an opportunity. AI exactly. is... Game changing. For sure. And light it is. An experience. Oh, nice. Nice one. Having a growth mindset means. Being happier. And then happiness mm. is. Being around my family and playing playing with the kids. Beautiful. Sure. And last but not least, um, if I could invent one rule for everyone in the world to follow, it would be? Phones were made to call and talk to each other and not just to send emails and text messages. So the rule would be talk more to each other instead of sending very long emails and text messages and copying so many people on it. Um, <laughs> I think we, 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 we lost... We lost a little bit in general, and that's not a, I think it's not to our company or Siemens in the end, I see this in general. We lost a little bit uh, through COVID social interaction and how to interact with each other. And I think we have to, we have to relearn that. And one thing for me is always, I, I call people. I don't send a text message. Um, I want to talk, I want to talk to them face to face. Perfect. Otherwise, yeah, via Teams, phone and so on. So the rule would be, really reduce um, this uh, spam of emails back and forth. And Stefan, I must admit, I thank you so much for interacting with you here, talking to you. It was, was such a nice thing. You are very, uh, you know, competent, creative and actually pretty awesome dude, um, I must admit, right in California. Uh, it was super interesting. Time was flying, right? Thanks so much, uh, you know, for sharing your perspective, you know, all the way down. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it was was great talking talking with you and um, talking about yeah AI humans experience and so on. Um, and um, yeah, looking forward. Maybe we see each other uh, one day in person. And I hope so too. And folks out there, you you better get connected uh, to Stefan on LinkedIn uh, and tell us maybe also you know how do you envision your technology or solutions you know. Um, and experiences with AI and stay tuned. Uh, there's more to come. Not sure what else, but there will be. Stay bold, committed and open-minded and we hear it at the next Siemens AI Lab podcast. Cheers. Mm -hmm.